Welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on Fox Radio 850 KHHO in Tacoma, Washington, and carried nationally in streaming audio at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. Two hours of interviews and features, plus questions and comments about this one-day-at-a-time adventure in personal recovery as we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. And now, Recovery Coast to Coast is on the air. Here's your host, Neil Scott. And a very pleasant good evening and welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast. Great to have you with us. I'm Neil Scott, the program on the air till midnight tonight. We are on location just outside of Seattle at the 40th Annual NADAC Conference. It's a delight to have you with us tonight. A broadcast is being brought to you in part by Eve Ruff, CEO of Residence 12 for Women in Kirkland, where recovery is reality. Find out more about this great program at Residence12.com. And also, Bow Creek and Bella Vista Recovery Centers. They are just outside of Boise, Idaho, helping patients on the path to addiction recovery, addictiontreatmentrehab.com. NADAC is the Association for Addiction Professionals, and we are delighted to be a part of their 40th anniversary conference. NADAC represents more than 85,000 addiction counselors, educators, and other addiction-focused healthcare professionals here in the U.S. and, of course, in Canada and abroad as well. NADAC members, and it's 40 seven state affiliates. Wow. They work to create healthier families, healthier individuals, communities through prevention, intervention, quality treatment, and recovery. NADAC was founded back in 1974, and one of the founders of NADAC was a mentor of mine, Mel Schulstadt. He has since departed, and I just miss him greatly. He was such a visionary. The organization that he helped found was originally called the National Association of Alcoholism Counselors and Trainers. The organization's primary objective was to develop a field of professional counselors with good, solid professional qualifications and backgrounds. The organization evolved and became the National Association for Alcoholism and Drug Abuse Counselors. That was back in 1982, uniting professionals who worked for positive outcomes in alcohol and drug services. But I know Mel was a, was a big, big proponent of taking the word abuse out of the name of NADAC. That happened. In 2001, the name was changed to the Association for Addiction Professionals. It reflects the increasing variety of addiction service professionals, counselors, administrators, social workers, and many others who are really active in counseling, prevention, intervention, treatment, education, and research as well. NADAC's members provide services in a variety of settings, public and private treatment centers. They're in hospitals, private practice, community-based behavioral health agencies. If you are in the field of addiction, you should be in the organization that is called NADAC. All you have to do is go to their website at nadac.org. They will give you all the information, nadac.org. It is the 40th annual conference of NADAC, and again, it's just outside of Seattle at the Hilton Hotel. We're delighted to be down here. We're going to uh, introduce you to a number of people tonight who are members of NADAC. They are here from all parts of the country. They have all different programs, and we're going to try to bring you kind of a variety of, of different programs and different ideas and different philosophies as well. It's all going on here at the 40th Annual NADAC Conference. We're going to take a short time out. We'll be back with the NADAC Conference, the 40th Annual NADAC Conference, right after this time out. I lie to all my friends. I mean, I look right at my kids and lie to them. I make excuses to my family. I make excuses to the people at work. I hide the truth from everyone, cover up at family holidays, you know, act as if everything is okay, pretend I'm happy. 
Every day, I deceive everyone close to me. This man isn't addicted to drugs or alcohol. He's just addicted to covering up for someone who is. He thinks it helps, but it doesn't. Find out what does. For more information or help, call 800-662-9111. Nothing destroys young lives and tears families apart like chemical dependency. But you have the power to put the pieces back together again with one called the Sundown M Ranch. Sundown's nationally recognized program and professionally certified staff treat each individual teen with care and compassion. Safe, gender-separate, successful treatment. Sundown M Ranch helps put families back together. 1-800-326-7444. 1-800-326-7444. Call today. Reason number 22 to switch to GEICO. We think renters are cool. Now, we don't know if you were born cool or if it's just all the cool stuff you have in your apartment. The point is, if you want to protect your considerable coolness, ask GEICO about renter's insurance. For as little as $12 a month, you can protect all the stuff you hold near and dear, including that combination flat-screen TV espresso machine. Now that is cool. For a fast, easy rate quote on renter's insurance, visit GEICO.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. Our next exercise, killing spider in bathroom. As you hear your wife scream, begin with a light jog, then run to bathroom. Four, three, two, one. Find spider on wall and squat and squash. Squat and squash. Spider lunges at you. Now scream like a schoolgirl. Good. And sprint. Now run. Life is exercise. Snickers Marathon is energy. Great tasting, nutritious, long lasting energy for the demands of your day. Grab a Snickers Marathon in the energy bar aisle. Aha! <laughs> Think earlier. Brew Starbucks at home. Available where groceries are sold. Today is the day. Think earlier. Brew Starbucks at home. Available where groceries are sold. Welcome back, Recovery Coast to Coast. I'm Neil Scott. Nice to have you with us. Our broadcast tonight from the 40th Annual NADAC Conference is brought to you in part by Eve Ruff, CEO of Residence 12 for Women in Kirkland, Washington, where recovery is reality. Residence12.com. You'll find out all the information about Res12. Therese Marie is joining us in this segment. She is from Detroit. She is a recovery coach. She works with executives who are battling this disease. Therese, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's great to be here. What is a recovery coach? A lot of people get confused when they say, well, is, is that just a paid sponsor? What is a recovery coach? Well, you know, a lot of people um, are confused about what coaching is, and recovery coaching is an emerging uh, discipline with within coaching. Coaching is an emerging discipline mm -hmm. within professional development. Uh, my background is in business, and you'll find that coaches bring um, a certain uh, specialty based on where they came from. I came from business. Prior to being a coach, I was in the field of staffing and recruiting. I was a headhunter. Mm -hmm. I helped people move from one job to another, so I was engaged in helping people make transitions. So uh, recovery coaching emerged from there when I myself got into recovery. Uh, how long have you been in recovery? In, for, for five years. Wow. Um, I began in recovery in a program for friends and families of alcoholics. Mm -hmm. I 
am an adult child of alcoholism, and um, I also uh, was in two marriages that were touched by addiction and alcoholism. So my beginning was through that program, and then I realized after about a year that I too am an alcoholic and went into recovery for that. So I have been um, uh, substance-free for over four years now. So you're able to take that experience of being in recovery into the business world. Yeah. And, and, and talk about the people you deal with primarily, which are executives. A, a lot of people who are in that position tend to hide it pretty well. Yeah, they do. They do. And uh, a CEO or a C-level executive, and those are the folks that I'm dealing with, yeah. are by nature isolated. Um, we call it the CEO disease. Uh, <laughs> nobody's got the permission to tell the uh, CEO or tell the emperor that he's got no clothes right, on. Right. So um, he or she is in a, in a pretty uh, tight spot because he um, uh, or she is not open to hearing those sorts of that sort of feedback. Um, so that's one thing that's a little bit um, different about those folks. Um, they can hide it as well. Um, I myself was a high-functioning alcoholic. Nobody, nobody mm. would have looked at me and said, "Boy, now that girl's got a problem," yeah. because I knew how to how to how to keep it from the eyes of other people. So it, it, it definitely is tricky. You've got human resources in an organization, and a lot of times they don't have the permission to have those frank conversations with a CEO. Um, in talking with a lot of the HR folks, and I'm part of the Society of Human Resource Management in the Detroit area specifically, um, uh, in talking with the HR folks, um, they will refer an executive to the EAP. Mm -hmm. um, it's not enough. Yeah. It's not enough. These, these guys and these women need something a little bit different. Um, they need a little, uh, uh, a different approach. They need somebody who's, who's maybe been there and done that. Um, and that's something that, that I found in, uh, in my recovery. The, the thing that brought me to this whole recovery coaching, I was an executive coach before I went into recovery. Mm. So I, I coached executives. Seems like a natural path. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that it was, yeah. but it, it sure was. And uh, what happened was when I, um, when I got sober, I had a sponsor who was not an executive, who didn't understand the nuances of being a business owner and executive. Mm. I had a coach who was not a recovering person, and I realized that there was a gap for me, and I thought there's probably a gap for other folks too. And when the th when things started to click was when I found a sponsor who was a recovering person who was a former CEO. Wow. And that's when it clicked for me. I thought, you know what? There's a lot of people who need this. You know, I often say there's no such thing as coincidence, it's God incidence. Absolutely. And it sounds like the right people were brought into Therese Marie's life at the right time. Absolutely. Talk, talk about getting to that executive because, again, the things that you said, they are isolated, they are protected, uh, they are surrounded by oftentimes yes people uh, mm -hmm. that don't want to risk their position to say, hey, you need to do something about your drinking and drugs. So something pretty major has to happen in the life of that CEO to bring them to Therese Marie. Absolutely, Neil. And you know, it's a program of attraction. Mm -hmm. It's not something that's promoted. People come to me recommended by other folks, um, and they come to me in so many different ways. Um, Does the EAP help? 
you know. Probably not at that level. Yeah, you know. Again, I, talking to the CEOs of EAPs, mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna hear about this. Mm. Talking to people who do interventions at that level, um, that helps get the word out, if you mm-hmm. will. Talking with the um, the treatment facilities who deal with the high profile people, yeah. um, they will use a coach as a resource to help that person reassimilate into their their business setting. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not a matter of um, of selling or advertising, and that was that was tough for me because I'm a natural born salesperson. I was a, a very successful recruiter for about 20 years, yeah, yeah. and um, my coach makes it clear to me every time we have a coaching session, and that's every week for the last eight years. You can't sell coaching. People are either interested in it uh, or they're not. It's just like recovery. Right. You can't sell recovery. People are either willing to recover. Or they're not. Right, right. So it's a matter of, of spreading the net and letting people know. I would imagine confidentiality is a big factor in dealing with that clientele. Yeah, big factor. And again, it goes back to that that isolation and mm-hmm. that um, that ivory tower syndrome or the CEO disease, whatever they want to say. The thing about coaching that is um, is so powerful is the coaching session is a safe place where that individual who typically won't open up the kimono can open up mm. the kimono and say I've got some I've got some fears I've got some struggles and their coach has nothing in it except to help them sort it out and move through it. Therese Marie joining us uh, her website by the way is meettherese.com that's meettherese t h e r e s e.com uh, she is out of the Detroit area, but you work with executives all over the country. I do, I do. Coaching happens over the phone, which it was a natural for me because I was a recruiter mm-hmm, and most mm-hmm. of my business was on phone. But the executives, again, that I deal with are very busy people. I built my business locally first, and those folks didn't want to get in their car, face traffic, go to my office, spend an hour, and get back. So it's more efficient for a busy executive. What about Skype? Do you use Skype at all? You know what? I have used Skype, but again, um, I'm 52 years old, and I think that I'm just not there yet. Um, I think in theory it's great. I just simply haven't used it, but Mm. I have a feeling I'm being nudged in that direction. What about accountability as far as just working over the phone? Well, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier, Neil, about um, willingness. Mm -hmm. If a person is willing to do the work, they're they're right. they're going to do it now, you know. And I've I've done some research on what some other recovery coaches do, and and doing uh, uh, drug testing and alcohol testing and things mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. nature. To my way of thinking, that's great. If if you'd like to do that, I I, I choose at this point not to do that in my practice. Um, the truth is typically revealed. It, it usually emerges. And again, a, an executive is investing heavily in a coach. Yeah. They've got skin in the game. So, um, and they've also, if, if it's a, a successful coaching relationship, they're going to reveal things to the coach. And an intuitive coach is going to know what's going on. And especially a coach who is a recovering person themselves, yeah. who's yeah. been there and done that, and who spent the last 52 years of her life among alcoholics and among addicts, yeah. um, it's a little bit hard to, to fool. Typically, how long is the counseling of, of an executive? Are we talking months? Are we talking years? Are we talking just a short term? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, Everybody's really, different. Yeah, it really is. Um, I've had a coach since I began coaching. 
So I've had a coach for the last eight years. It's always good to have someone yeah. in your corner. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Well, you need a. Um, that's why in the program of recovery you need a sponsor. Yeah. Um, we can't fix ourselves with the, the brain that created the problem. So in my way of thinking, as a coach, I'm always going to need a coach. Typically, when I work with a, an executive, a new executive, I tell them to sign on to six months. Yeah. You know, the first three months, you're just kind of figuring out what end is up. The second three months, you're starting to apply some of the things you're learning about yourself. So six months is a, is a game opener. Mm -hmm. um, I have clients, though, that I've, I've coached for years. It really, it, it's different. You know, and some clients will go away and then come back. It, it, it really, really depends on the person. Are you able to link executives up with similar executives who are in recovery in a 12-step program. Yeah, you gotta, that's kind of tricky mm -hmm. because, again, the confidentiality. Yeah. Um, and if the person is in a particular fellowship and would be open to that in getting permission from each party to mm -hmm. connect them, yes. But, um, again, you need to be really careful in terms of um, revealing anything. Sure. I don't reveal who my clients are. If my clients choose to reveal that I'm their coach, that's up to them. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't reveal that because, again, this is a very private and voluntary relationship. But, again, a recovery coach does not replace a sponsor. Absolutely not. And the recovery coach does not replace a therapist. Mm. I refer many clients, if they don't have a therapist, to get one. I refer my clients to 12-step programs because I'm an advocate of 12-step programs. So, yeah, it doesn't replace any of that. They need a sponsor. A coach will ask them what they're doing with their sponsor. The coach is almost a, almost a quarterback. It's yeah, almost a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the things that I've, I've seen in this newly developing field that are a little disconcerting to me are the mandatory coaching. Because coaching, coaching if it's not asked for, in my way of thinking, is nagging. Yeah. And I'm not... A paid nagger. The other thing is, is um, coaching. For, and again, this is this is based not on science, but on observation by me. Is um, I see some people who are called recovery coaches doing things that really peer support specialists do. They're the resource brokers. They're setting up a person when they leave mm -hmm, rehab mm -hmm. to find. Um, AA or NA meetings to help them learn how to do things like balance a checkbook and grocery shop and things like that. That's um, for me. That's a, a, re a support specialist. That's really not a coach. Right. Right. A coach uh, again is a is a person who's helping that person develop from the inside out, not from the outside in. And that is what Therese Marie does. Uh, and I know she's great because she's a member of NADAC. Absolutely. And that's where we are. Therese Marie joining us on Recovery Coast to Coast. You can find out more about her at meettherese.com. I thank you so much, and I wish you continued success with your recovery coaching. Thank you, Neil. Therese Marie joining us on Recovery Coast to Coast. We are at NADAC, 40th Annual NADAC Conference in Seattle-Tacoma, in between Seattle and Tacoma. I'm Neil Scott, the program Recovery Coast to Coast. Stick with us. We're going to take a short time out. We'll be right back. Thank you for calling AAA. How can I help you? Oh, great. Hi, we've got a major malfunction going on here. What's the problem, sir? Well, the problem is that some friends and I decided to go whitewater rafting down this river just outside of town. Sounds adventurous. Yeah, well, it was until one of us who kept his keys in his pocket lost them. Hello. <laughs> when he fell, up, oh, I'm sorry, was thrown out of the raft by some supposed That's tidal wave. Real big. <laughs> oh, so you're locked out. Well, we were until our friend Brian came out with an extra set of keys. So you're not locked out. Uh, no. 
but Brian is. Nice job, Brian. The genius locked his keys in the car when he got out to give us our extras. Bummer. Exactly. Well, tell Brian to hang tight, and we'll be right out. Oh, you are the best. See, I told you, man. They're the best. At AAA, we understand it's never just the lockout. That's why we're dedicated to helping you with quick personal service to get you moving again. AAA. We're not just about cars. We're about you. Call 1-800-JOIN-AAA or visit AAA.com. Join now and get $10 off a of basic membership. If you're considering a career as a chemical dependency counselor, here are five reasons to enroll at the Institute of Chemical Dependency Studies. It's recommended for up to 24 hours of college credit by the American Council on Education, offers an accelerated distance learning program, is an ADAC-approved provider, and their training meets the criteria for the Certified Justice Professional Certification. Plus, student loans are also available. Start your career today. Call 866-523-2669 or go to www.cdstudies.com. We now join the new Diet 7-Up Taste Challenge already in progress. Okay, I want you all to try this and then just say the first thing that pops in your head. Amazing. Yeah. Mm, totally. Mm, there's more flavor. Yeah, more natural flavor. Mm -hmm. More lemon-lime flavor. Yeah, you're both right. There's more natural lemon-lime flavor. Yeah, the lemon-lime flavor is totally zesty. Zingy. Zippy. With zero calories. What is it? Yeah. New Diet 7-Up. Diet 7-Up is new? Yeah, it's been totally reinvented with mm. more natural lemon-lime flavor than ever. It's totally refreshing. I love I it. I know. Uh, and it's diet, too. And where's the aftertaste? Now, yeah. that is refreshing. <laughs> Here's to more flavor in our lives. Oh, <laughs> Try new Diet Diet 7-Up, now with more natural lemon-lime flavor than ever. Diet 7-Up, totally reinvented, totally refreshing. Stop in to your nearest grocery or convenience store today and pick up the new Diet 7-Up. Diet 7-Up has been totally reinvented and still has zero calories. Taste the new refreshing burst of lemon-lime flavors in Diet 7-Up today. You knew you couldn't go on like this. Alcohol was ruining your life. But there was no way you could take time away from work to get help until now. Sundown Am Ranch Outpatient Program fits your schedule and it works. Sundown Am Ranch, located outside of Yakima, Washington, offers individual, group, and family counseling, plus relapse prevention services. Their nationally recognized drug and alcohol treatment programs will put you on the road to recovery. Get your life back on track. Go online at www.sundown.org to learn more. Welcome back once again to Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. We are delighted to be here at the 40th Annual Conference of NADAC. NADAC is a great organization. Uh, it is the Association of Addiction Professionals. I came into this field back in uh, 1976. They were two years old then. And, uh, you know, at that time there were only two uh, really prominent organizations. National Council on Alcoholism and NADAC, which was then the National Association of, of Alcoholism. I think counselors and trainings have been a number of changes. Joining us in this segment is, is Bob Richards. He is the outgoing president of NADAC. Bob, welcome. You have had a two-year term that completes at the end of this conference. That's right. Tell me about your term and tell me about your career in the addictions field. Actually, I was elected president-elect uh, four years ago. I, I, I served two years as incoming president or president-elect. Where are you from? I'm from Eugene, Oregon. Mm, okay. Past two years I've been sitting president and it, it's been a challenge. There are a lot of challenges uh, for this profession today. Uh, both economical and, and, and socially. Yeah, talk about some of the challenges because, you know, people just coming new into the field and people who have been in the field for a long time have seen a lot of the changes. Mm -hmm. What is it from your perspective? 
Well, there, there have always been economical challenges uh, regarding funding and sufficient funding for treatment and other things, resources for, for getting help. But with the changes, uh, mostly due to the Affordable Care Act, yeah. uh, we have to make a lot of change. You know, the Afford Affordable Care Act demands a lot of change for how services of all kinds of, of medical and mental health and addiction services are provided. And uh, <clears throat> as that continues to press forward, NADAC has to be the leader in helping the people who work in this profession make those changes. Mm. And so that's that's been we put a lot of work into that, and, and that work will continue as this, the process of that change continues to go forward. And there've been a lot of changes throughout the 40-year career of of NADAC for Absolutely. certain. My mentor and and very very dear friend for so many many years was Mel Schulstad, mm -hmm. and uh, one of the one of the founders of, yes. of of NADAC, and a guy who's they have an award in his honor that's presented every year. So I'm very familiar with the uh, the ups and the downs and the all-arounds of, mm -hmm. of NADAC and the field, you know, over the last 40 years. Now, you are in the field. You're with a, a treatment program? Actually, I just recently retired as executive director of a large treatment uh, organization, and so now I'm... I've become an elder. An elder. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's, it's wonderful, you know. What program? Well, I'm at Family Treatment Services in Eugene, Oregon. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I had an interview with a with a woman uh, yesterday, Mary Girardi. Yes, Mary. I know Mary well. She worked for has worked for the, the, that agency. I, yeah, she, <clears throat> she. I I keep seeing my agency, but I have to keep reminding myself I'm retired now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Mary's a wonderful person. She talked about the good things that uh, that particular program does, and she talked about transitions mm -hmm. and and all of the things. And it sounds like a very vibrant community down there in Eugene. When you look back at the last two years of your presidency, what means the most to you? What means the most to me is the incredible number of people who live in their heart across this nation. And by that I mean the people who, who, who do the work. The I people. love that term, live in your heart. Yes, because oh. there's so many professions in the world that are they're all in the head, you know, especially big business. Yeah. You, know, you cannot work in this profession helping people with addictions if you don't have a heart. Mm. And you really have to make that head-heart connection. Mm. Uh, to be effective and people who don't have that find it difficult mm. to work in this profession mm. you know and so across this country there's so many tens of thousands of, of these incredible individuals and they certainly are not in it for the money absolutely not <laughs> people ask me what I'm going to do in my retirement oh you didn't travel a lot and I, I remind them you know, I've been in, the, in this field for a long time and you don't put a lot of what money away for your retirement <laughs> because you don't make a lot of money but you live in the heart God I love that term yeah, absolutely tell me about the rest of the leadership of, of NADAC going forth as a new incoming president Kirk Bowden tell me a little bit about him <clears throat> Kirk Bowden's a wonderful man and a very good friend of mine he uh, uh, he has the, that head-heart connection. His mm. heart is very much in, uh, into what, what we're all about and what we do. Yeah. Uh, he's also an, uh, an, in academia. He's a professor and a uh, very, very bright man. And he's working really hard to help because there, there are a lot of challenges for new people coming in as well as some of the people who've been in this profession for quite a while to meet the credentialing standards that are that are going to be required as, as the Affordable Care Act moves forward mm -hmm. and he's the perfect man to have in the chair 
coming from academia to make sure that, that those individuals get that help to remain in the field and to get new blood, new young, vibrant young people into this profession. I've seen a lot of young, vibrant people here at this annual conference of NADAC, and it just does my heart good. Absolutely. It, it really does. Bob Richards joining us. He's the outgoing president of NADAC, joining us here in Seattle. It's the 40th annual conference of NADAC held just outside of Seattle. And as you uh, look back and, and look ahead and, and you see all of the, the new faces that are coming in, what would you say to people who may be listening to this program who are saying, you know, I think I would like to have that head-heart connection. I would like to pursue a career as a counselor. Mm -hmm. What's the first step? The first step is to take a look at all of your opportunities to get the education you're going to need to do that. If you're already in the uh, in in, in an uh, institution of higher learning or something, or you're, you're, mm -hmm. you're already working on your your degrees, uh, look for any opportunities you can get, even if it's volunteer work, to get into a facility of some sort mm -hmm. and start getting that experience. Uh, at the same time, that sometimes sometimes people learn, no, this isn't the profession right. for me. Right. But more often, the people who are drawn to do that, they know they've come home. Yeah, they know they've come home. When they it's been, it's been a lot of changes in 40 years. When uh, you know, 40 years ago, if you were in recovery and you wanted to be a counselor, that almost qualified you. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you, you was, I've, I've got 10 years in recovery. Okay, come on to our agency. Right. And then agency started putting in, in standards, which is good. Mm -hmm. And and people who were in recovery who wanted to stay got the education, and yeah. and, and it uh, it kind of moved on. And, Absolutely. You know, back in those days, they called the, the people that did do the work that we do mm -hmm. paraprofessionals. Yes, that's right. That's and, right. And uh, today we can say without any any question, we are not, we are not paraprofessionals. Yeah, yeah. We've dropped the para. Yeah, yeah. We are we are professionals. We're the experts. Yeah. We're the experts in what we do. Yeah. And you know, under the leadership of Cynthia Moreno Tui. Uh, NADAC is at the table nationally. Absolutely. And and that is so important with all of the things that are going on. Uh, talk about advocacy. Advocacy is all, uh, also very near and dear to my heart. It's it's something that I entered into really hesitantly. I'm not a political person. I'm a people person. Uh, and actually in the beginning it was I was kind of did it because I had to. You know, and what I have learned is that if you approach the policymakers with that same head-heart connection, regardless of which side of the table they sit on, they tend to listen to you. Mm -hmm. And we have to make our voice loud, and that's why I encourage NADAC membership to so many people, because the more voices we have at that table, the louder our voice yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And I know that uh, when uh, when NADAC goes to Washington, everybody knows about it, that's for sure. That's right. I want to congratulate you on, on, on your service to NADAC, not only the last two years, but probably for almost a lifetime. Absolutely. And uh, it's a great organization, and, and I'm sure that uh, it'll uh, it'll grow even stronger in the years to come. Well, thank you. It's an honor to, to be sitting here being interviewed. Bob Richards, the outgoing president of this great organization, NADAC. We are here for the 40th annual conference of NADAC just outside of Seattle, Washington. We're going to take a short time out. We'll be back with more right after this. Are you afraid? Afraid of life without drugs and alcohol? Well, you know, there is help and there is hope at Sundown M Ranch. They'll focus on you and your disease, and you'll discover the dependence on drugs and alcohol is not living at all. 
Sundown M Ranch is a nationally recognized alcohol and drug addiction treatment center outside of Yakima, Washington. They'll help you reclaim your life and transform your fears into hope. Take the first step right now. Go online at www.sundown.org. I promise to hug my husband. I promise to eat a vegetable as big as my head. What promises have you made today? I promise not to paint the living room. American Family Insurance knows promises are easy to make. Until my wife picks out a color she likes. But they're not always easy to keep. At American Family, the commitments we make are commitments we intend to keep. Because our promises are the foundation of relationships we've built with generations of policyholders. I promise to take my dog for a walk. We promise to treat your family like our family and give you honest, straightforward answers. We promise. I like taking my dog for a walk. Visit AmFam.com to find an American Family Agent near you. American Family Insurance. All your protection under one roof. American Family Mutual Insurance Company and its subsidiaries. Home Office, Madison, Wisconsin. The Institute of Chemical Dependency Studies Distance Learning Training offers the required curriculum necessary to start working as a chemical dependency counselor. It's academically solid, provides learning experiences in various formats with an emphasis on treatment, prevention, counseling techniques, case management, and other related areas, offering basic knowledge and skills to be a successful chemical dependency counselor. Find out more about this NADAC-approved training. Call 866-523-2669 or go to www.cdstudies.com. First, your child's heart rate and blood pressure will drop. Your child may experience nausea and want to sleep it off. Hopefully, your child will resist that urge and won't slip into a coma or die from this prescription painkiller overdose. Of course, kids who learn about the dangers of drugs from their parents are 40% less likely to abuse prescription drugs than those who don't. So talk to your child now, and there's a pretty good chance that this will never happen to your child. For more information, visit drugfree.org. A message from Partnership for a Drug-Free Washington in America. Need professional-looking documents? Office Depot can help. From small jobs to bound presentations, bring in your document or submit it at officedepot.com. We'll ship virtually anywhere. Plus, our work is backed by the Office Depot Satisfaction Guarantee. Office Depot, taking care of business. Certain restrictions apply. See store for details. Welcome back once again, Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. We are at the 40th Annual NADAC Conference. Our broadcast being brought to you in part by Eve Ruff, CEO of Residence 12 for Women. It's in Kirkland, Washington. Find out more about it at Residence12.com. It's where recovery becomes reality. Susie Mullins joining us uh, in in this uh, segment. Uh, A fascinating woman doing some fascinating stuff regarding technology and treatment and recovery. Susie, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're from West Virginia. I am. You are a Broncos fan, which we're going to have to uh, (laughs) put that aside. And you're involved with some interesting stuff as far as technology. Obviously, we're living in an age now with, you know, with with iPhones and MP3s and and all sorts of things that, that are tools in the recovery process. Tell me what you're doing and tell me how it all relates to the recovery field. Okay. Well, it's all about recovery. And um, to start with SAMHSA, 
the Substance Abuse Mental Health Services right. Administration has um, awarded approximately 50 to 55 technology-assisted care grants across the country. And so all of our projects vary and differ in the way that we have designed and implement those. And ours, we learned about the HS app, which is spelled A-C-H-E-S-S, which yeah. was developed by the University of Wisconsin. And you can look them up on the web and find out more information. Um, you can also see a demo of the program on our website, which is uh, www.1stchs.com. Dot com and go to the Atari tab, and our project is called Atari, which stands for Appalachian Technology Assisted Recovery Innovations. Holy smokes. I so know. it has nothing to do with the Atari game. It doesn't, but we wanted to capitalize <laughs> on the positive association that people might have, and so far we haven't been sued for any copyright. My, my first thought was, oh, Atari must be a sponsor. Or... No, no. So my... tell me again what, what Atari stands for in, Appala in, in uh, alphabet soup terminology. Okay. Appalachian Technology assisted recovery innovations and we wanted to and our logo has uh, the mountains of cell phones um, because we wanted to capture our uh, mountain heritage yes, yes and celebrate that culture um, but also embrace technology and make it something I'm sure as you're aware the 42 CFR the federal laws and, and such yeah. with confidentiality we wanted it to be vague enough but also specific enough to represent that this is about recovery. So um, we use the HS app. We work with 15 different organizations around our state, and we've used our federal money to purchase um, cell phones and six months of service. So we help treatment providers give clients a recovery phone. So they have a clean start with a phone uh, that's not connected to anybody, has no contacts from their past, um, and we have the, the HS app and some other recovery support apps um, already loaded on the phone. So when they get it, it's a clean slate, it's a place for them to start, and it is their lifeline to recovery. So within the app, they're connected with the people who are in their treatment program. Hmm. So the people say they go to group with, um, have intensive outpatient with, maybe are in drug court or day report center with. And since we know that recovery is a 24-hour-a-day uh, job, this gives people 24-hour-a-day support. Uh, and even if they can't get a hold of somebody in their group or their clinician, or if they don't want to, the app has endless options to learn about recovery, to learn about addiction, um, to listen to podcasts, to listen to other people's stories. So for people who can't make it to meetings, as you know, West Virginia is a rural state, sure. um, similar to a lot of our country. And so meetings are not always immediately available to folks. So they can listen to the stories. They also have the ability to um, do some relaxation exercises, some deep breathing. It talks them through how to report a relapse. And we've had clients tell us, you know, in the middle of the night, it was too late to call anybody. It was after work. They were offered drugs at work. And, you know, they reached out on the app and walked themselves through that that craving, um, that critical period where they didn't relapse. And so it's just, it's been a, a fascinating project to be a part of and I think is, you know, a wave of the future. Uh, a wave of the present, actually. Yes, yes. Susie Mullins joining us. She's a licensed psychologist. Uh, we're talking about technology. So these treatment centers give, uh, give a client a phone for a six-month period of time. What happens when the six months is up? When the six months is up, they the client 
if they've successfully completed, so they've done their weekly check-ins, right. they're using the app in a meaningful way, the phone is theirs to keep. So then, wow. yeah, the phone is theirs, and then we have worked out with Intellos uh, a deal where they can be on a contract program or they can be on a pay-as-you-go program. So we hope in that six months that they achieve enough stability to take over their own payments mm. for about $50 a month to continue that and have access to that. Um, the, the downside is, is that you know when our grant is is over the ex the funding that we have to access the app is over mm. and so I know the University of Wisconsin is working on a publicly uh, available version of the app um, so we're we're hoping to continue with that. How long have you been doing this and what have you found out? Uh, it's been about 18 months. And what we found out is that clients use, because we're able to see on the administrative side all the, the different features of the app and how often clients use it. So how many clicks per client mm -hmm. per day, mm -hmm. you know, down to the hour if we wanted to dissect it like that. So we can... What um, about confidentiality? Is it Big Brother listening in? It Well, it is not Big Brother listening in. <laughs> We And that has been a challenge um, for us with the app to help folks understand, here's what you're consenting to. You know, I'm not staying up all night reading your posts. Um, but for safety's sake, and we've had a few right. issues come up where we've had to spot check and there have been some inappropriate things going on. But that holds people accountable. And we don't, you know, immediately cut them off. We try to use our recovery coach and reach out to them and say, in recovery, this is how we do things. Ah. Uh, and so we try to... Um, bring them back on track and every situation so far we've had has worked out positively we've not really had to lock anyone out or anything like that but they sign an extensive consent form and informed consent about you know what we're doing what we're not doing what the what data is being shared what's not being shared it is it is the wave of the future it is the wave of the present but what about those people who have never had an iPhone before? There has to be a learning curve. There is a learning curve, and lucky for us, uh, there are a lot of young people in recovery, and <laughs> <laughs> so even the uh, yeah. the older folks who might not be digital natives or yeah, this yeah. isn't you know technology is not their first language. We've seen people, their peers in in recovery, teach them how to use it. So that's that's been a real positive. Or their children. So, you know, they take the phone home and the kids are all over it. And that's the other beauty of it is that it, we're not just providing the app, but but the phone gives them their own phone number, a way to get email, a way to, to file for job applications and other things where, you know, before they may have had to go to a public library or something like that. So. What are some of the other apps that are on the phone for the person in recovery? There is a meeting locator oh, uh, app, nice. so they can go on and search. And we put a link to our state 12-step uh, meetings so that you know they're not looking and getting frustrated with trying to find meetings in New York when they're really looking right, for a meeting right. in West Virginia. Um, we also have a relaxation and breathing app. We have a 12-step app. We have an NA speakers app because the, the HS app was really developed more with alcohol in mind rather than, than other drugs. So it has some, some weaknesses, some areas that weren't all that we needed. So we added those other apps. So when we deliver the phone to the client, it's already preloaded with all mm. those, those apps. So this is just now in the state of West Virginia? Yes. What about other places in the country? 
there are programs going on at other locations as, as around the, 50 the that you were yes. talking about the mm -hmm. 50 different projects. I think there are seven or eight maybe nine other grants out of that mm. 50 that are uh, part of our SAMHSA portfolio uh, who are using the HS app mm. Well, I find it fascinating, and if you would like to find out more information about it, and as well as see a demo of the app, uh, go to uh, one, the, the numeral one, stchs.com. I don't know what the hell that stands for, but just go there and you, you, you'll be able to get all the information. One, stchs.com. Susie Mullins, licensed psychologist here at the NADAC conference. Thanks for stopping by our Thank broadcast you. location. I'm Neil Scott. The program's recovery coast to coast. We're going to take a short time out. We will be back with more from NADAC. Our broadcast being brought to you by Eve Ruff, CEO of Residence 12 for Women in Kirkland, Washington, where recovery is reality. We're going to take a short time out. We'll be back with more in just a moment. These days, we talk about everything. I've been sober now one year, three days, and counting. My sister was restructured at work after 10 years. Welcome to the new normal and to cards for the new normal. New Journeys cards from Hallmark. My girlfriend sent me a card that said I'm really something to celebrate. Encouragement cards for all the stuff we face today. I actually found a card that says, sorry you lost your job. Journeys, new cards with real words for real life. Only at today's Hallmark Gold Crown stores. Are you afraid? Afraid of life without drugs and alcohol? Well, you know, there is help and there is hope at Sundown M Ranch. They'll focus on you and your disease, and you'll discover the dependence on drugs and alcohol is not living at all. Sundown M Ranch is a nationally recognized alcohol and drug addiction treatment center outside of Yakima, Washington. They'll help you reclaim your life and transform your fears into hope. Take the first step right now. Go online at www.sundown.org. Your daughter's wasted. Again. You ignore it. You get help. Before long, she's been arrested. Before long, she's been promoted. You post bail. You congratulate her. And then her addiction really takes and off. And then her career really takes off. She stops in from time to time for she money. She stops in from time to time for coffee. But then it's right back to the street. But then it's right back to the office. Years later... The police stop by. Years later, your daughter and son-in-law stop by. They've got bad news. They've got good news. She's gone. She's expecting. You cry. Choose to help a loved one struggling with drugs or alcohol. It could change everything. For more information or help, call 800-662-9111. Here is something to think about. Problem gambling is exactly that, a problem. Looking for a solution? Well, there is a way out. And there is help for you or someone you love who's caught in the web of problem gambling. Help is as close as your phone. Call the Washington State Problem Gambling Helpline, 1-800-522-4700. For confidential help and free information, call a real winning number, 1-800-522-4700. They have the solution for problem gambling. Welcome back once again, Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. And our program tonight is being brought to you in part by Bow Creek and Bella Vista Recovery Centers. They are just outside of Boise, Idaho, helping patients 
on the path to addiction and recovery. Addictiontreatmentrehab.com is their website. We are at the 40th annual conference of NADAG. That's the Association for Addiction Professionals. And a lot of people here from all over the country, all over the world, as a matter of fact, just had the opportunity to meet Claire Ricewasser. She is the Associate Director of Public Outreach Professionals for Al-Anon Alateen. And, you know, we like to talk about families. What brings you here to NADAC? Well, Al-Anon Family Group Headquarters is the national and international headquarters for the Al-Anon and Alateen program. And uh, NADAC, obviously, with addiction counselors, that's right. the primary source of referrals to Al-Anon. Right. And the professional referral to Al-Anon or Alateen is often the tipping point that will cause a family member to finally take action to motivate them to attend, start attending Al-Anon. Uh, and to get peer support. It breaks the isolation pattern once they start going to We've Al-Anon. had a lot of people uh, from Al-Anon on the program over the years. One of the things that we try to stress is that people can join Al-Anon whether or not their loved one is using and drinking. You do not have to wait for that to happen for personal recovery in Al-Anon to take place. That's correct, and in some cases, the person who uh, did a lot of drinking may be deceased, or they right. live at the opposite end of the country, uh, or the, a relationship has been severed, but the family member or friend yes. is still having life issues, problems, because of the drinking and, and needing help for their own recovery. With every alcoholic and or addict affecting anywhere from one to six people, there's a lot of folks who need to know more about Al-Anon. If, if somebody happens to be listening and, and they're thinking, well, what really is Al-Anon? How do I find Al-Anon? What do I expect when I go to an Al-Anon meeting? Kind of give us a kind of a, a primer, a 101 of Al-Anon, if you would. Al-Anon 101. Uh, first of all, there's no dues or fees for membership in Al-Anon. Um, contributions are voluntary, so money should not be a barrier from uh, someone attending Al-Anon. Uh, we kind of say uh, we've already paid our dues in yeah. terms of ruined relationships and lives. Uh, and really, is, is there may be other factors involved, about three... Three members uh, out of ten will tell us they came because of someone's drug use, and then they realized in their own family background that there was someone with a drinking problem. Mm. It, may, it may be, you know, way back in the generations, but it was there. So if they, we like people to just come to listen and see and identify. You know, we usually compare at first. Well, that didn't happen to me yet. But uh, yeah, there yeah. is the there is the drinking, the carryover, the residual effects, and it goes on for generation after generation. And uh, it is an illness, and the family members are affected. We often say that uh, the drinker is is addicted or or misuses alcohol, and we're addicted or misusing our relationship. Yeah to the drinker. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Al-Anon meetings, uh, you know, like AA and other 12-step meetings you know, around the country. Is there is there a source, is there a website where people could go to to find out where the Al-Anon is in their particular area? We're a national radio show. Uh, we have a uh, website, www.alanon.com. 
www.ncpa.org, and you'll find a variety of resources there. Uh, you will, there is a section, how do I find a meeting, and you'll get U.S. and Canadian as well as international meeting information contacts. We have a 24-7 uh, uh, telephone meeting information line. Uh, we have staff who will answer during business hours, 8.30 to 5 to 6 o'clock Eastern Time in English, Spanish, and French. Wow. So uh, multilingual services. Uh, you can also on our website, you can, uh, we have a First Steps to Recovery podcast series, which is specifically geared toward the person uh, who doesn't know anything about Al-Anon, and we hope it motivates them to go to Al-Anon. It explains what happens at a meeting, which are just peer exchanges, mutual support. No one gives advice. We're not professionals. And you can find audio podcasts as well as uh, you can find video clips of uh, Al-Anon and Alateen members uh, speaking, uh, sharing their personal stories. Uh, and you'll also find clips from uh, professionals who work with families of alcoholics speaking about the need for family recovery. And it's more than just to get the drinker to stop drinking, that, that, that recovery is a way of life for the family Absolutely. as well as the drinker. And the family system must change in order for people to live happy and productive lives. Claire Reiswasser joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast, Assistant Director for Public Outreach Professionals here at the NADAC conference. Mm -hmm. We talked about Al-Anon. There's a lot of Al-Anon meetings around. Mm -hmm. Not quite as many Alateen meetings. Uh, t tell me about Alateen and, and at what point, wh where's the, the age break and, mm -hmm. and how that factors into Al-Anon Family Services. Well, Alateen is part of Al-Anon, and as the name implies, it sounds like it's for teens. We do have younger uh, family members who are usually pre-teens, maybe teen, you know, 10 to 13, the pre-teen age. But what we find is the, uh, the Alateen members conduct their own meetings. They're not facilitated by a professional, and there's no counseling or therapy. It's simply the mutual support, peer-to-peer -peer exchange. And uh, But to have an Alateen group, there has to be Al-Anon members serving as the Alateen group sponsors. Ah, okay. So, and each Alateen group sponsor is uh, meets their state's criteria, their state or province criteria for adults working with minors in contact with minors. There are criteria for the sponsors. About 80% of the Alateen groups uh, meet side by side with an Al-Anon meeting at the same time, and there are probably a, there's a little more than a thousand Alateen groups. And one of the problems, believe it or not, is that the students or they're mostly students, have difficulty. Uh, they have so many activities going on yeah. that it's hard to build in this time or else because they're minors, they have transportation issues to get to a meeting. And so they really need a parent or a caregiver or a relative who's in recovery to help them to find Al-Anon and Alateen. And uh, we have uh, more than 5,000 uh, Al-Anon members who meet their state or province criteria to be an Alateen sponsor and they will if the if if the Alateen aged members come to an Al-Anon meeting they will then 
find another room and have an Alateen meeting, but we have just a lot of groups. They're just waiting for teens mm. to uh, uh, come to the meetings. And so it, that now we used to, uh, in terms of younger, young children, ages four, say, to ten. Alatot. Right. You get into a counseling situation because of their age and develop, development. It really isn't readiness for peer-to-peer -peer support. Uh, they're not ready uh, is our experience, and so that's why we really say it's 10 to 17. And mm. each Alateen group can divide by age if they're interested uh, in doing so. They might have two meetings, maybe for 10 to 13-year-olds and then 14 to 17-year-olds. They just may divide by age. Is, is there a separate website uh, with separate resources for Alateen? You can go to www.alateen, A-L-A-T-E-E-N. No dash in that one. Dot org, O-R-G. It's all, it's all one website, the Al-Anon Family Group Headquarters mm -hmm. website. And again, you will find a lot of information about Alateen on our website. I also wanted to add, uh, we have for Alan in terms of Al-Anon meetings, uh, we're about 14,000 groups in the U.S. and Canada, as well as in 133 other countries. But when there isn't an Al-Anon meeting available, we do have about 80 electronic meetings, and there is a oh, wow. contact list on our website. There are people who are uh, physically disabled or simply do not have the time or maybe they're in a geographically remote environment. Or the circumstances right. with their family. Right. And so they can have the meeting email listserv exchange. There are a couple chat groups. And there are also these telephone conference meetings. And wow. they are incredible. And there again, we've got about seven different languages available, but it is incredible in terms of the number of people who are listening in and, and participating as if they were at a, at a regular Al-Anon meeting. Mm -hmm. We're big supporters of Al-Anon, and I appreciate you stopping by. Claire Ricewasser is joining us, uh, Associate Director of Public Outreach Professionals, Al-Anon Alateen, and I thank you so much for being here. We're going to take a short break. Uh, we are at the 40th Annual NADAC Conference in Seattle, Washington, just on the outskirts of Seattle. We're going to take a short time out. We will be back with more right after this. You have been listening to Part 1 of Recovery Coast to Coast, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on KHHO AM850 in Tacoma, Washington, and heard nationally in streaming audio at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. We invite you to stay tuned for Part 2 of Recovery Coast to Coast. In our next hour, we will feature an individual in recovery, sharing experience, strength, and hope about this one-day-at-a-time adventure in personal recovery. If you've been in continuous recovery for at least a year and would like to share your story with others, please send us an email at recoverycoasttocoast at comcast.net. For more information about future programs, please visit www.recoverycoasttocoast.org where you can listen to, download, or podcast our last five shows as well as find information on upcoming programs. This is KHHO AM 850 in Tacoma, Washington.
Broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle. Welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on Fox Radio 850 KHHO in Tacoma, Washington, and carried nationally in streaming audio at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. Two hours of interviews and features, plus questions and comments about this one-day-at-a-time adventure in personal recovery as we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. And now, Recovery Coast to Coast is on the air. Here's your host, Neil Scott. Welcome back once again, Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night. Talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. We are at the 40th annual NADAC conference. NADAC is the Association for Addiction Professionals, the conference being held between Seattle and Tacoma. People from all over the country are here. And when I found out that our next guest was going to be here, I realized that it would be for me the highlight of the conference. Because way back in 1980, when I was the editor of Alcoholism and Addiction magazine, I was introduced to an exceptional treatment program down in Statesboro, Georgia called Willing Way, and got a chance to meet Al Mooney, uh, the director of, of Willing Way. He wrote a book that I'd written a blurb for and promoted and gave copies away and talked about it and referred people to called The Recovery Book. I, I've been doing that over the years, and I realized that, you know, it would be nice at some point if that darn book was revised and there was a new version of it well by golly it has been revised the good folks at workman press said you know what we're going to have the second edition and uh, dr al mooney is the author along with Catherine dold and, and howard eisenberg al is here in seattle and he's right here on our show tonight al good to see you again it's been gosh 30 uh, years holy it's smokes. been a long time neil we're still it, in the trenches still <laughs> working at it oh man you know most of those people that told back remember those days we were talking about burnout oh, most of those yeah. people that told me i was going to burn out are dead now <laughs> so, so it's great to be here. Oh. We did, you know, we're, we're here for our uh, West Coast launch of the new edition of the recovery book. And Workman has supported us giving away book and seating it to counselors so we can get a, a wonderful message of recovery out. The science and the recovery is just more optimistic than it's ever been. Take us back to the, to the very beginning of the first edition, how it came to be in the recovery book. It wasn't really intentional, but Willingway grew out of the treatment that happened in our home when I was a teenager. Back my mom in the 60s. And, right. My mom and dad got sober in 1959. My dad had to go to prison and lost his license, which he later got back. My mom had shock treatments, and today we call it dual diagnosis. She was, you know, she was in the throes and in mental illness, and, and I was a kid that watched all that. And when my dad, they always told me he was going to be a better doctor. I thought it meant a medical meeting. I, later, I was actually kind of relieved and reassured to find out it was prison and he had a disease. Uh. <laughs> but but he, got, uh, he got sober and folks started taking care of people in our home. Uh, and I, I grew up really living in a treatment center during those years. Uh, Willingway grew and as I went into medicine and that's a story in itself, started helping alcoholics and addicts. I, you know, I, I was almost frustrated about everything people needed to know when they leave treatment, that you never get in treatment. And so out of that, through a lot of circumstances, came the recovery book. And we worked for years on it. And uh, since the first book came out in 92, you know, Al Gore's invented the Internet. And, and, and we, you know, all kinds of things have happened. You know, now prescription drugs are the number one drug problem in America. Things that we, that we really didn't see coming. But, um, but we, you're right. We were getting a little dated. And now 
the science is so exciting, and and I'm not talking about drug company science. I'm talking about <laughs> mindfulness, brain healing yeah, science. Yeah, I'm with that, you. That explains the psychic change. That even people won't believe this, but alcoholism really is an allergy. I mean, immunologically in the brain. Yeah. So yeah. there are things that um, I can't even explain to my colleagues that are so exciting because I've grown up with this field. And so the new book addresses these, but but most importantly, we try to present to people an, an equation so how they can see recovery as a developmental process and prioritize life as they grow. And as I recall, and I may be wrong, but I believe when the first book was introduced, it was at CCAD. You know, that was when we had all these conferences oh. around the country. CCAD was the biggest one. And Barbara Turner. I remember all these, all these names are coming back to right, me. Diane DeCesar. Yeah. Oh, all, it's, it really is. You know, history is so neat. To, yeah, I mean, yeah. we don't have to. Thank goodness you and I at least don't have to keep reinventing that wheel. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we launched a CCAD. And the idea at that time was there was so much there was so much activity that we felt like if we could put a recovery tool in the hands of the leading counselors and program people in America that we would really do a service to the suffering alcoholic. And that's what we did. And it was so successful that here 22 years later, Workman launches our second edition, and we're now doing an East and a West Coast launch. And that's what brought us to NADAC here in Seattle. What is the difference? What are some of the enhancements, some of the revisions that you put into the second book? The first book is built around a chronology of growth and recovery. And, and this came, my co-author, and I wish I could claim it as my idea, but my co-author has written literally the Bible of pregnancy. Uh, Arlene Eisenberg wrote a book that every woman who's had a baby knows called What to Expect When You're Expecting. Right, right. And it's a very positive-oriented book. Up until her book, everybody was like down and dirty, and everything was based on pathology. But she put life into pregnancy and loved what happened at Willingway. It was our family story that got her introduced to us. Wow. And then when we, when I was you know, needing to write more of what I did, we came up with the recovery book that develops on growing in recovery. And the core principles of the recovery book came out of some focus we, groups we did with what we call winners in recovery, people with no less than 10 years of sobriety. And they told us all the things they had to do to be winners, and it, it'd make you want to go out and take a drink. <laughs> so, so we said, this is not working. And then we pulled things in ways that they had never thought of, and this later became the phases, one, two, three, in the first book. But they said, after we teased it out, they said, first, we had to save our lives. You know, we didn't have to go to college. We didn't have to make amends to other people. But saving our lives was important. If you're dead, you don't have anything to fix or, or improve on. So that became the phase one that's now the red zone. And then they said, once we saved our life, uh, it was important to do with it what we were capable of. Go to school, build relationships, have a good time. Some people took up skydiving or fishing. And that's what we call now the yellow zone. And then they said, once you've saved your life and have done something with it, then you celebrate recovery by living as long as you can. You know, you got to stop smoking and check your cholesterol at yeah, some point. Yeah, yeah. And then you share it with others. You build treatment centers. You get into counseling. You write a book. Those kind of things. And You go um, green. Yeah, that's right. And, and it's the green. And, and so now, because phase one, two, and three were, were a little, they didn't ring right. In watching people use this book for 22 years, we have redesigned the, the concept of recovery development and we call it the recovery zone system red yellow green activate build and celebrate so we've we've really packaged it in a way and it's not just the color zones it's a second phase we call which fits in well with people with AA inventory work and recovery what we call a zone recheck where you know regularly or periodically depending on your life you you say what am I red yellow or green today if a 30 years sober and you had your hernia operated on, you're red. 
because uh, a lot of people have relapsed after taking those drugs you get yeah, in the hospital. Yeah, so yeah. we try to prevent that kind of relapse. And it's really worked out really well that we're being, it's so well received. There's so much buzz about our system that also includes uh, a little brain science of how to take your brain to the gym that we know now. Uh, it's really been exciting to watch people receive this new new book. We're at the 40th annual NADAC conference. Uh, we're visiting with uh, with an old friend, Dr. Al Mooney, who's got a, a new book. Actually, it's an old book, but it's a brand new book because it's the second edition, completely revised and updated. It's called The Recovery Book, Answers to All Your Questions About Addiction and Alcoholism and Finding Health and Happiness and Sobriety. Act, build, and celebrate. It's important, Al, to celebrate recovery, isn't uh, it? You know, my life is so exciting today. Now, I'm not, well, maybe I will. I've been around, I, I joined uh, a 12-step group for teenagers back in 1961. So this is my, I'm in my 53rd year of my personal recovery as a family member in long-term recovery. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the oldest living teenager, Al Moody. <laughs> well, I switched to an adult version of the same 12-step group. But, uh, but you know, it's very exciting. And every day, including the, some reliving some of the history that you and I are talking about, it's just the, the joy in life that uh, a lot of us find from living a life of recovery. And I'll tell you, if somebody would put a whole trainload of drinks in front of me, even though I've got that genetic right. predisposition, there is nothing a chemical is going to offer me that I can't get out of life like I'm getting through this recovery. How do you define recovery? Lately, people have been grappling with an official definition of recovery. Yeah. And, and certainly it's more than just abstinence. I, absolutely. And, and we, this, was a, this was a major obstacle in writing our book because when we wrote the book, we have a red zone that means you getting into recovery. Right. So we, at some point in our manuscript, we had to say, where does recovery begin? Um, because you, get a, you ask 100 people and you get about 50 different answers. And what we decided, and actually it was, a, a, I think, an elegant, almost too easy solution. And we go back to when people who are now in recovery found the best solution to life from a problem with alcohol there's ever been. That's the definition of recovery or membership for Alcoholics Anonymous originally. And AA has changed its membership requirement. But originally, the requirement for membership in Alcoholics Anonymous was an honest desire to stop drinking. Mm -hmm. And so now you can lie about it and just just a desire. <laughs> I, I tell people that's the only loophole in AA. But anyways, we went back to that and we decided after all the research we did that if a person has an honest and sustained desire to stop drinking, we're going to call that recovery. And then that's the red zone. And we, we start out giving people information. When you have that desire, you know, we want to hold your hand through the process of saving your life. And actually, AA gave us another answer to when that life is saved. If people are familiar with the big book, and whether you're an AA member or not, I advocate it, but the, on page 83 and 84, AA describes the rewards of sobriety in what it calls the promises. And I tell people, when you can look at the promises and not feel like you're being given AA propaganda, yeah. then you have saved your life. Yeah. And that's the red zone that then moves to yellow. So recovery is once people have that honest and sustained desire. Of course, one of the concerns about that is that now there's a lot of misinformation about prescription drugs. There's a lot of misinformation about the value of addiction drugs approved yeah. by the FDA. And so my real fear and concern, and that's why the book is so important to get out to people, is that a lot of people are not really given access to the information that will lead them beyond that red zone into yellow and green and real meaningful lifelong Or they're recovery. given misinformation. The yep. internet is great for a lot of things, oh, absolutely. there's a lot of misinformation out there, there. There's a lot of misinformation, and I spend time, even with my doctor colleagues, 
explaining some of the signs. You know, you can't do a six-month study, and alcoholism is like breast cancer. If you do a six-month study for some drug for breast cancer and you go try to sell it, you're going to get laughed out of the room because yeah. you've got to go five or ten years. And that's the, way, that's the way addiction works. If we don't have answers and solutions for five or ten years, and we know 12-step recovery gives us lifelong answers. Now, I'm, I'm a physician, and I don't want somebody to die in withdrawal. So medications are important is in creating kind of an on-ramp for recovery in those difficult cases. But there is no science that supports the lifelong use of medications to promote recovery. And the engagement, yes, but we want to guide people to where the answers for lifelong recovery and happiness, and also intergenerational. We've got four generations of recovery in my family. Wow. And, and I'll show you a little video clip that you can find at therecoverybook.com about my grandson who's helping me create awareness of addiction. Tell me about the website. It's therecovery.com. One of the real changes in the new book is that young people are getting into recovery now, and young people go to the internet. And like you say, there's lots of uh, lots there's lots of information, and you don't know how to trust it. So, because the recovery book is one of the most trusted resources for addiction now, we have vetted a lot of internet resources, and we use therecoverybook.com and at therecoverybook on Twitter to help guide people who are interested in social media to trusted sources of help on the internet. And we also do a lot of blogs and we do work ourselves to, to help people understand in depth what recovery is about. Good or bad, we had to edit out a lot of our material for this book. Now we call that bonus material because you know people have fewer words on a page now yeah, than they right. used to. And the internet occupies people's minds a lot. So we've actually turned that to our advantage to create a robust website that guides people on the internet once they find it through the recovery book. I've always said that the recovery book, uh, the, the original one and now this one, is really the Bible of alcoholism and recovery. Yeah. Well, you said that, not me, but I love those kind of quotes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it really is. Everything you need to know, you will find here at least a starting point to get more information. And I, I think this should be in the hands of every treatment center, and every treatment center should yep. put it in the hands yep. of every and patient. That, and that's my personal goal, to break through that noise and, and actually get the get this book in the hands of everybody who gets treatment in this country. And like I said before the interview, we've got a great following in the UK and other parts of the world because there's some interesting cultural differences in other parts of the world than we have in the United States. And some of the open-mindedness for, you know, for things like we present in the, in the recovery book and even some of the integration of some of the medication approaches early in recovery have been well accepted in other parts of the world. I'll, I'll be making a trip this coming year over to the UK to support some of my followers over there. What about the role of families? Families are so important. As I said, my recovery personally, mm -hmm. even though genetically I probably have that predisposition, you, and, and I'm kind of a wannabe alcoholic, but I'm not. <laughs> but I'm, I'm too much of a wimp to go get qualified. <laughs> but I'd love to be. Uh, I'd love to have my own 12-step program for my own alcoholism. But those of us in families are affected too. And in some ways, we are sicker as family members. I know those days when my mom and dad were, my dad was in prison and zoned out on his medicines a lot of time. My mom had her shock treatments that knocks out your memory. But I was a child uh, developing up to the age of 10. And at that age where everything goes down permanently in my brain and so much of my personality was imprinted mm -hmm. with the horrors of addiction. I remember when uh, my dad was in prison and my mom would, would still drinking. We would, she would go out on a weekend, her family in the country, along a busy road, 
north to south, Highway 301 for people on the East mm-hmm. Coast. Mm-hmm. And she was too drunk to drive. Nobody wore seatbelts in those days. Nobody dealt with drunk driving. And I remember as a kid, and this will tell you how old I am, with my hands on that cold steel dashboard <laughs> on the edge of my seat with no seatbelt saying, Mom, get back in your lane. There's a car coming. Oops, look out for the ditch. No, don't turn here. Turn your blinker off. Uh, you've got a, another mile before you turn. And that was how we got home on the Saturdays after she was drinking. Um, so I've been affected, and all families are affected, and there are about three times as many family members as there are alcoholics. So I'm very big on family treatment. We have a whole chapter for the families in here, and it redirects families in, into those red, yellow, green zones that we tell patients to go to. But we kind of translate it for family recovery. A lot has happened in the last 25 years in the recovery movement, and recovery yeah. has been, become a lot more fashionable, a lot more... A lot of people have confused anonymity with secrecy. Yep. And, and now people are standing up and saying, I've got nothing to be ashamed of. I was not anonymous when I was drinking and using, <laughs> that's for damn sure. That's I should right. not be anonymous in my recovery. The, How do you feel about people standing up and speaking out on, I, on I think recovery? it's wonderful. I would never say on my radio show, if I was a member of one of these right, 12 steps, of, of particular 12-step groups, because there's a tradition there yes, and that's that different. says we're anonymous at the level of rest, press, right. radio, films, and TV. However, I rarely go on a public in a public forum that I don't talk about myself being a family member in long-term recovery. You know, I think it, it gets beyond the shame and the guilt. And, you know, when I say that, something interesting happens because I watch the veil drop from other people's shame and guilt, and I always, I mean, I'll tell people I'm a physician and I do addiction because I grew up in a family, and you know, they don't ask me about medical care, they ask me about my family's history of addiction, and I just take that path wherever it goes, and I just, I mean, I'm still codependent enough to worry if I didn't give, volunteer, and disclose that history, who might never get access to recovery because it is so hard to get good information about how to find recovery now. And, and your story is in the book, your family's story is yeah. in the book to start the, it off. Yeah, there, there's a, the first chapter mm-hmm. is on the Mooney family, but people who listen to the show that have seen the movie, My Name is Bill W., sure. that's almost universally known. But Bill Borchert, who wrote that oh, movie and that Bill book, well. yeah. last year wrote a book on my family. Bill was looking for a, a case study of a family with horrible addiction that now got better and has integrated professional treatment and recovery into that recovery model of treatment. And he, he found, out on the recommendations of people around the country, he found us, and he's become like a member of our family. Oh, he's and a great guy. the book is When Two Loves Collide, and it's available everywhere too. But When Two Loves Collide by Bill Borchert was written. We had a lot, a lot more people understanding at least our personal family story. And it's the backstory for the recovery book, and we cite that as a reference in the first chapter. This book is for everyone. Absolutely. Everybody knows somebody with a problem. I had, who was it? We were giving out books today, and I I had someone come up from, um, what did he do? He he did, I think he sold beds or something to one of these treatment programs here. (laughs) And he came up and started asking us questions. And we gave him a book, and we said, I don't know who you are, but I'll bet you, you know somebody that needs this. (laughs) And he kind of shyly said, yep, I think I do. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Dr. Al Moody joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. It's been a, really one of the highlights of 40th annual NADAC conference to, to hook up with him again. It was back in the 1980s that uh, I first found out about Al Mooney and, and the great treatment program called Willingway in Statesboro, Georgia. From that came the book, the recovery book. It's about 22 years. Holy smokes. And yeah. now it's updated and uh, it's revised. 
just as you launched it at CCAD by giving them away, you're launching it here at the 40th Annual NADAC Conference, and I'm sure it'll have the same success for workmen and, and for you, and, and more importantly, it's going to get into the hands of the people who need it. Someone approached me a little while ago and said, I wish I could get copies of this book for all my patients, and I said, here's what you do. You work with workmen. Workmen has a great disc. You get 60% off. You, I tell people... You know, that you can mm -hmm. buy three of my books for one of Bill of Five. <laughs> get, get a discounted rate and how many books you can, that, that uh, comes out to, whatever you can afford, whatever, whatever the price. And then go to a local Kiwanis Club, go to a local Rotary, go to a local foundation, go to a local company and say, we can place a book that is so wonderfully uh, written and, and contains facts. Not not just innuendo and not misinformation, but perfectly researched uh, uh, information, and, and get it in the hands of everyone, and it won't cost you anything because they will pay for it. So I, I'm hoping that this uh, is even more popular than the original book. Well, we're optimistic too, and actually one of the things that Workman has has committed to this, uh, we found that uh, a lot of people, and this just I didn't see this coming, but uh, we're finding that a lot of colleges and universities and community colleges particularly where textbooks have gotten so expensive and don't even address the practical uh, subject. This has become a textbook in community colleges and universities. And also in prisons, the book is actually, as a paperback with no staples, wow. you can use it in prisons. <laughs> wow. So uh, we're having orders from prisons, we're having prison personnel trying to get it for their inmates. We've got somebody in Virginia working on, on stocking it in prison canteens. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you buy your Cheetos and your cigarettes, you can get, you know, you can get a book to save your life. 22 years ago, I called it the Bible of Recovery, and I call it the Bible of Recovery today with the second edition completely revised and updated. The recovery book answers to all your questions about addiction and alcoholism and finding health and happiness in sobriety. My good friend, Dr. Al Mooney, so good to see you again, and I'm so glad you've got this book out, and thanks to Workman. Uh, thank you so much, Neil, and I appreciate all that Workman has done is help, to help us get this information out. I'm Neil Scott, the program Recovery Coast to Coast. We're at the 40th Annual NADAC Conference, and this particular segment brought to you in part by Eve Ruff, CEO of Residence 12 for Women in Kirkland, where recovery is reality, www.residence12.com. We've got more from the 40th Annual Conference of NADAC, the National Association of Addiction Counselors, and it's been great to meet with Al, and we'll continue with our program right after this short timeout. These days, we talk about everything. I've been sober now one year, three days, and counting. My sister was restructured at work after 10 years. Welcome to the new normal and the cards for the new normal. New Journeys cards from Hallmark. My girlfriend sent me a card that said I'm really something to celebrate. Encouragement cards for all the stuff we face today. I actually found a card that says, sorry you lost your job. Journeys, new cards with real words for real life. Only at today's Hallmark Gold Crown stores. Are you afraid? Afraid of life without drugs and alcohol? Well, you know, there is help and there is hope at Sundown M Ranch. They'll focus on you and your disease, and you'll discover the dependence on drugs and alcohol is not living at all. Sundown M Ranch is a nationally recognized alcohol and drug addiction treatment center outside of Yakima, Washington. They'll help you reclaim your life and transform your fears into hope. Take the first step right now. Go online at www.sundown.org. Your daughter's wasted. Again. You ignore it. You get help. Before long, she's been arrested. Before long, she's been promoted. You post bail. You congratulate her. 
And then her addiction really takes and off. And then her career really takes off. She stops in from time to time for money. She stops in from time to time for coffee. But then it's right back to the street. But then it's right back to the office. Years later, the police stop by. Years later, your daughter and son-in-law stop by. They've got bad news. They've got good news. She's gone. She's expecting. You cry. Choose to help a loved one struggling with drugs or alcohol. It could change everything. For more information or help, call 800-662-9111. Here is something to think about. Problem gambling is exactly that, a problem. Looking for a solution? Well, there is a way out. And there is help for you or someone you love who's caught in the web of problem gambling. Help is as close as your phone. Call the Washington State Problem Gambling Helpline, 1-800-522-4700. For confidential help and free information, call a real winning number, 1-800-522-4700. They have the solution for problem gambling. Welcome back once again, Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. We are at the 40th Annual Conference of NADAC, the Association for Addiction Professionals. Our broadcast brought to you in part by Eve Ruff, CEO of Residence 12 for Women. It's in Kirkland, Washington. It's where recovery is reality. Residence12.com is the website. Meeting a lot of interesting people here at the NADAC conference, including Lori Magoon. She is a counselor in private practice from Concord, New Hampshire. Came all the way across country to Seattle for the big NADAC conference. She is not only in private practice, she knows about communications because she had a radio show in New Hampshire. Welcome, Lori. What was the name of your show? It was Self-Empowerment New Hampshire. That's the name of my company that I own right now. Self-Empowerment New Hampshire. Yes, it is. And you did that for quite a while. I, I had a radio show for two years. I had one in Nashua, New Hampshire that was WSMN, and then I had one in Concord, New Hampshire that was WKXL. Love to meet people who are d- doing recovery radio. Tell me about uh, what's going on in New Hampshire in terms of what you're seeing drug-wise and what you're seeing recovery-wise. Well, oh my gosh, what am I seeing? Um, well, the biggest, uh, I'd say the drug of choice right now in New Hampshire is opiate abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of prescription drugs out there, yeah. as you probably have heard out yeah. over here. Um, there was definitely a flux of uh, people using prescription drugs, Oxycontin, Clonopin, mm-hmm. things like that. But now, since the since the um, medical profession has learned more about the addiction piece, they are people are less likely to to get these drugs because the doctors are starting to understand that you know they were right. over prescribing and so now people are less likely to be able to get those substances so now they're they're actually moving over to heroin and of course heroin's less expensive too oxycotton in in the area that I am in New Hampshire um, basically they charge about a dollar a milligram so if you have say uh, um, 60 milligrams of, of uh, Oxycontin was $60. And many people tell me they take five, six, ten a day. At least that's where their addiction got to. So, I mean, that can be pretty expensive after a while. So, a lot of people, what happens is they end up using different substances such as heroin because it's less expensive. Cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Are you seeing any long term recovery? Of course I am. That's what we hope for, right? I've been in the profession for about 10 years now. And that's what we hope for. You know, it's, it's, it can be so devastating to see so many people 
have such a difficult time, but I can honestly say that yes, I have seen some long-term recovery. Um, working as a professional in the addiction field, it can be very discouraging at times. You know, you just see so many people having a hard time, and it seems like every time I start to get a little discouraged, I'll get a phone call or a letter or something. I'll bump into someone, and they tell me how great they're doing. So that definitely makes it worthwhile to work in this field. Lori McGoon joining us. She's a counselor in private practice from Concord, New Hampshire. Uh, she is also the president of elect of Nahatica. Nahatica. dot org. What yes. in the heck is that? Okay, that stands for New Hampshire Alcohol and Drug Counselors Association, and we are an affiliate of, of NADAC. N A A D A C. Yes, good. the New Which Hampshire. Which is part affiliate. of the reason why you are here today. That's exactly it. Yes. Now you were telling me off the air about some exciting things that are going on in New Hampshire. One of which is a marijuana forum that is coming up that is going to be streamed online. So people will be able to uh, to hear it while it's going on, or perhaps afterwards archived. How did this all come about, and who's involved, and how do people get to it? Oh boy, we are really excited about this. Um, the reason why it came about is we actually put out a survey to the people that was are involved in Nahatica, on members of Nahatica, asking them which way we they would like us to take a stance to be pro or against the legalization of marijuana. And believe it or not, um, I, I'm trying to remember from from memory, but I believe 35 percent of our members were against, there was 15% for, and then there was 50% that did not want to take a stance, but they would like for us to add more education so they could make the proper uh, decision. Okay. So that's where the forum came. Um, so we got some uh, two presenters, one person that is presenting for, one against, and we got a moderator. So we will be discussing this. It, it will be shown on um, October 23rd um, at, at New Hampshire Technical Institute in Concord, New Hampshire, and it is from 12 to 1.30 p.m. And, of course, if you're somewhere else in the country, do the math. <laughs> yeah, I know. Over here, it's 3. I'm right now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. And that's a little difficult. So what would it be over there? 9 to 10.30. So that's when it's going to be. But the beauty is you can you can um, get this on the Nahatica website at any time. It will be archived. And there will be live streamed nationwide. So we're really, really excited about this. And we're hoping that it helps a lot of people make their decision. Has their there decision. been a lot of controversy in New Hampshire? Are they considering legalizing marijuana in that state? They are considering it. And there's a lot of controversy right now. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of controversy. So, again, what is controversy? It's really about not being educated. We need yeah. to know more so we yeah. can make the proper decision. Well, hopefully the legislators in New Hampshire will be tuned in as well on uh, on October 23rd. And that's our goal. The the website, by the way, is nhadaca.org. And if you go there, you can probably find a link somewhere on the webpage that will take you to that uh, in either real time or uh, archived as well. Lori Magoon is joining us. She is a counselor in private practice. She is the president-elect of Nahataka, N-H-A-D-A-C-A. -A -A. We have so many letters in this I field. I know. You know, it's alphabet soup. <laughs> <laughs> You've been in the field for 10 years. Mm -hmm. What are the changes that you have seen in those 10 years? Oh my gosh, there's been quite a bit. When I first started out, um, most of my clients were addicted to crack cocaine. That was the big drug of choice about 10 wow. years ago, crack cocaine. I, I would I would teach an intensive outpatient program. There would be about 20 to 25 people in the program, and I would say 20 of them were crack cocaine. There might be three alcohol and maybe, maybe cannabis. But most of it was crack cocaine. Um, since then, I'd say about 
I don't know, about five years, we started really seeing a flux of um, the prescription drugs, and then it started coming into opiate, and right now the opiate abuse is definitely the highest out there in New Hampshire. What do you see as the biggest challenge for people getting into treatment, getting into counseling? Uh -huh. The biggest challenge really is, is there's not enough treatment providers in our area. Uh -huh. There's not enough residential programs. There's not enough money. And that is the big thing. You know, that's what Nahatica really, we're trying to, to get as many people out there to understand this and to um, hopefully the legislators to understand that we definitely need more money. Does so Nahatica do a lot of lobbying, educating yes. Uh, yes. With, with elected officials? Yes, we do. We do a lot of advocating. I'm lobbying. We go to Washington once a year. Yeah, good. And we are we are very tight with the legislators. We try to talk to them as much as possible. And it seems like the legislators are really open right now. They're really understanding that there, there definitely is a need for more um, treatment in New Hampshire. Lori Magoon joining us on Recovery Coast to Coast, president-elect of Nahatica in New Hampshire. Pretty vibrant area as far as the recovery movement movement is concerned, doing a lot in terms of education. Thank you so much for joining us, and I hope that your experience here at NADAC has been a good one. Well, thank you very much. I, this is a wonderful town, and I'm really enjoying myself, so thank you very much. Former talk show host, Lori Magoon, and <laughs> counselor in private practice. Uh, we're going to take a short time out. We'll be right back from the 40th annual conference from NADAC. It is the National Association for Addiction Professionals, and we are here, and we'll have a lot more for you as the evening goes on. I lie to all my friends. I mean, I look right at my kids and lie to them. I make excuses to my family. I make excuses to the people at work. I hide the truth from everyone. Cover up at family holidays, you know, act as if everything's okay, pretend I'm happy. Every day, I deceive everyone close to me. This man isn't addicted to drugs or alcohol. He's just addicted to covering up for someone who is. He thinks it helps, but it doesn't. Find out what does. For more information or help, call 800-662-9111. Nothing destroys young lives and tears families apart like chemical dependency. But you have the power to put the pieces back together again with one call to Sundown M Ranch. Sundown's nationally recognized program and professionally certified staff treat each individual teen with care and compassion. Safe, gender-separate, successful treatment. Sundown M Ranch helps put families back together. 1-800-326-7444. 1-800-326-7444. Call today. Reason number 22 to switch to GEICO. We think renters are cool. Now, we don't know if you were born cool or if it's just all the cool stuff you have in your apartment. The point is, if you want to protect your considerable coolness, ask GEICO about renter's insurance. For as little as $12 a month, you can protect all the stuff you hold near and dear, including that combination flat-screen TV espresso machine. Now that is cool. For a fast, easy rate quote on renter's insurance, visit Geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. Our next exercise, killing spider in bathroom. As you hear your wife scream, begin with a light jog, then run to bathroom. Four, three, two, one. Find spider on wall and squat and squash. Squat and squash. Spider lunges at you. Now scream like a schoolgirl. Good. And sprint. Now run. Life is exercise. Snickers Marathon is energy. Great tasting, nutritious, long lasting energy for the demands of your day. Grab a Snickers Marathon in the energy bar aisle. Aha! Think earlier. Brew Starbucks at home. Available where groceries are sold. Hmm. 
today is the day. Think earlier. Brew Starbucks at home. Available where groceries are sold. Welcome back once again, Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. And we are at the 40th annual conference of NADAC, the Association for Addiction Professionals, just outside of Seattle, Washington, is where this particular conference is being held. And our broadcast is being brought to you in part by Eve Ruff, CEO of Residence 12 for Women in Kirkland, Washington, where recovery is reality. Res12, Residence12.com. Joining us in this uh, segment of the program is Anthony Andrus. Anthony is kind of an interesting guy. He came up and he, he gave me a sheet of paper and uh, he said, have you ever heard of 12 after 12? I said, well, I've heard of the 12 steps, obviously. What about the next 12? He said, well, let me tell you all about it. He's in the process of writing a book for Hazelden. Uh, he is from Minneapolis, which, of course, is the land of 10,000 treatment centers. Uh, and he's here at the conference. Anthony, welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast. What the heck is 12 after 12? It sounds fascinating. Give us an overview. The 12 after 12 is an empowerment and asset of character 12-step program designed to work after the initial go-around with the first 12 steps. Uh, the idea is, is that through the process of the 12 steps, we become empowered through our spiritual connection. And the first step of this program is asking us to admit to that empowerment and see that our lives are becoming manageable as a result of that. And what we're able to do from that foundation was we're able to move forward. The second step is we come to believe that a power greater than ourselves is restoring us to sanity. Again, we have evidence of this sanity restoration through the previous 12 steps and, and the work that we've done. Um, in the third, we continue to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand God. Uh, the most interesting part of the program to me is the inventory process. Uh, the inventory is based on our spiritual experiences, the things we love, and our healthy and loving relationships. In the original inventory, we looked at fears, resentments, and, and sex conduct. Negatives, yeah. The, the negative stuff, yeah, which is really important because our lives were ruled by defects of character, which were causing addiction. And what happens through that inventory is we're able to see that and free ourselves from it. But conversely, we have these assets of character that, when applied, create spiritual experiences in our lives. And through this inventory, we're able to really understand that process, how they function, and where they're at so that we can proactively participate in all our assets of character. So the spiritual experience is a phenomenon that does occur. It's written in the big book. Uh, all sorts of people talk about this in their recovery. But what this inventory asks us is who are we as a result of these spiritual experiences? What part do we play in them? And why are they happening? So through the course of the inventory, we list them all. Uh, we use the columns like in the original four step. So we have the first column, which is just the spiritual experience. The next column, we look at how those experiences seem spiritually significant. Mm -hmm. The third column is we ask ourselves how these spiritual experiences affect us. And the interesting thing is these spiritual experiences will affect us the same way as our resentments did, but uh, instead of being affected adversely, they're affected graciously. And then what's our part in them? Mm -hmm. And when we see that every spiritual experience happened because we applied an asset of character or a spiritual principle, and that is fundamentally who we are as spiritual beings. So rather than defects of character, it's assets of character. It's assets of yeah, character. Looking yeah. on the other side. You know, for years, and I've been in this field now for 
longer than I care to remember, back in the mid-70s. And, and the theme that I've been using is the bright side of addiction is recovery. People don't yeah. think about the bright side. Yeah. Uh, I don't like to talk about relapse prevention. I like to talk about recovery enhancement. Yeah. What are you doing today for your recovery yeah. to make it better today than it was yesterday? The website, by the way, is 12after12.org. And those are numbers, not words. 12after12.org. Anthony Andrus is one of the writers. you get got a book you're working on with Hazelton. It's going to be a while before you can get it out. Who came up with this whole concept, and how long has it been in uh, in process? Well, it really organically has grown through the course of the last six years. I've been one of the developers. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been a few other people. We've got it on uh, social media and Facebook, and it's just kind of been grabbed on to by people. They see the steps. The steps are written in almost the same sentence structure, rhythm, and cadence I as the original that, yeah. 12 steps. So they sound like what people are already doing. Uh, people are so used to the 12-step culture that we only need to make a few small changes, and it's an easy pill for people to swallow that are already in, in the 12-step meetings. We see recovery as having two sides. There's what we're recovering from, which is the disease of addiction, and there's what we're recovering, which is our true and authentic selves. And if we can see ourselves in this true way, we're able to be who we are, and uh, and recovery just kind of transforms at, at that point. And, and much like Alcoholics Anonymous and other 12-step programs have the steps, they also have the principles. Yes. You have principles of 12 after 12. Yeah. What are those principles? Well, each uh, um, each step has a principle. So the first step, the principle is empowerment. Uh, the second step, in the original second step, the principle is hope. But when we have achieved what we hope for, then we have belief uh, that we, we've you know kind of made it to the promised land. <laughs> the original third step uh, was faith. Um, but in this one, we're aligning ourselves with, with what we have faith in. So uh, it's alignment. The fourth step is insight because we're taking an inventory of our spiritual experiences. So we gain insight into the truth of our character. And what we're admitting in step five, the exact nature of who we are, is the truth of who we are. So that's the principle yeah, of that yeah. one. And then character in the sixth step is, you know, who are we? What, what attributes do we have? This is our character. This is what we're building. In seven, we have the original seven, we have humility. But by applying humility, we find God's grace in our life. And in step seven of the 12 after 12, we humbly ask for grace to transpire. So we have grace as the principle of this. In eight, we make a list of all the things we can do to be helpful. And so the principle of this step is helpfulness. In the ninth step, we share what we value and help others whenever possible, except when to do so with damaged relationships. And the principle of this is altruism. Mm. In the tenth step, we continue to practice spiritual awareness and when we can be useful, promptly express ourselves. The idea of this is that it's the next right thing. We have to be mindful and, and discern what it is that uh, that God's will is all about. And then in the 11th step, it's seek through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand God, meditating in peace and quiet while we patiently remain in the moment. And the principle behind this is peace because when we achieve conscious contact with a higher power, we feel peace as a result. And then having been spiritually enlightened as a result of these steps, we share our own message with one another and practice these principles in all our affairs. I guess the one question I got to ask is: you got the you got the 12 steps, 12 after 12 principles. 
Are there 12 after 12 traditions? No, uh, <laughs> we, we've come up with a 13th tradition. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the 13th tradition is we, as a community, are all responsible for creating a safe and inviting environment for everybody to recover in. I think when the good old boys created the the 12 traditions, they yeah. didn't have a lot of different gender issues. Uh, you know, sexual predation wasn't an issue because right, everybody right, kind right. of was going in the same direction. But you know, in 2014, we've there's been a lot of there's been a lot of perpetration, and some of the the people that have the hardest time staying sober are the most vulnerable. So this sets yeah. a, a code of conduct in the rooms of recovery. Anthony Andrus is joining us, one of the writers and developers of 12 After 12 Recovery. How do they find you on Facebook? Uh, we have group 12 After 12. I guess you can just put it in the search. And it's all one word, so there's no spaces. Right. And, and 12 is, is the number 12. The number 12. The number yeah. 12. 12 After 12. And uh, you can go to the website, 12after12.org. It is uh, the next steps in recovery. Pretty fascinating. You're a pretty fascinating guy. I, I really enjoyed talking with you. Well, thank you. Anthony Andrus, recovery going beyond the 12 steps to 12 After 12. Keep that recovery going, and may you practice these principles in all your affairs, Anthony. Yes. All right, thanks for stopping by. Okay. All right, I'm Neil Scott. We are at the 40th Annual Conference of NADAC, the Association for Addiction Professionals. Great to be here and great to share a lot of the stories and a lot of the interviews with you. We're going to take a short time out. We'll be back with more right after this. Thank you for calling AAA. How can I help you? Oh, great. Hi, we've got a major malfunction going on here. What's the problem, sir? Well, the problem is that some friends and I decided to go whitewater rafting down this river just outside of town. Sounds adventurous. Yeah, well, it was until one of us who kept his keys in his pocket lost them. Hello. <laughs> when he fell, oh, oh, I'm sorry, was thrown out of the raft by some supposed That's tidal wave. Real big. <laughs> oh, so you're locked out. Well, we were until our friend Brian came out with an extra set of keys. So you're not locked out. Uh, no. But Brian is. Nice job, Brian. The genius locked his keys in the car when he got out to give us our extras. Bummer. Exactly. Well, tell Brian to hang tight and we'll be right out. Oh, you are the best. See, I told you, man. They're the best. At AAA, we understand it's never just the lockout. That's why we're dedicated to helping you with quick personal service to get you moving again. AAA. We're not just about cars. We're about you. Call 1-800-JOIN-AAA or visit AAA.com. Join now and get $10 off a of basic membership. If you're considering a career as a chemical dependency counselor, here are five reasons to enroll at the Institute of Chemical Dependency Studies. It's recommended for up to 24 hours of college credit by the American Council on Education, offers an accelerated distance learning program, is an ADAC-approved provider, and their training meets the criteria for the Certified Justice Professional Certification. Plus, student loans are also available. Start your career today. Call 866-523-2669 or go to www.cdstudies.com. We now join the new Diet 7-Up Taste Challenge already in progress. Okay, I want you all to try this and then just say the first thing that pops in your head. Amazing. Yeah. Mm, totally. Mm, there's more flavor. Yeah, more natural flavor. Mm -hmm. More lemon-lime flavor. Yeah, you're both right. There's more natural lemon-lime flavor. Yeah, the lemon-lime flavor is totally zesty. Zingy. Zippy. With zero calories. What is it? Yeah. New Diet 7-Up. Diet 7-Up is new? Yeah, it's been totally reinvented with more natural lemon-lime flavor than ever. It's totally refreshing. I love I know. it. I Oh, and it's diet, too. And where's the aftertaste? Now, yeah. that is refreshing. <laughs> Here's to more flavor in our lives. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Try new 
Diet 7-Up now with more natural lemon-lime flavor than ever. Diet 7-Up, totally reinvented, totally refreshing. Stop in to your nearest grocery or convenience store today and pick up the new Diet 7-Up. Diet 7-Up has been totally reinvented and still has zero calories. Taste the new refreshing burst of lemon-lime flavors in Diet 7-Up today. You knew you couldn't go on like this. Alcohol was ruining your life. But there was no way you could take time away from work to get help until now. Sundown Am Ranch Outpatient Program fits your schedule and it works. Sundown Am Ranch, located outside of Yakima, Washington, offers individual, group, and family counseling, plus relapse prevention services. Their nationally recognized drug and alcohol treatment programs will put you on the road to recovery. Get your life back on track. Go online at www.sundown.org to learn more. Welcome back once again, Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. We're delighted to be at the 40th Annual NADAC Conference, the Association for Addiction Professionals. Our program is brought to you in part by the good folks at Residence 12 for women in Kirkland, Washington, where recovery is reality. Check it out at residence12.com. Cynthia Moreno-Tui is joining us now. She's one of the architects of this great conference, one of the architects of NADAC, and, and certainly one of the leaders and legends in this field. First of all, congratulations on a great conference. My goodness. It is wonderful, it isn't it? It really, really is. Great and you content. have to be doubly proud, not only as as the d- director of NADAC, but also as someone who lives in the Pacific Northwest, showing that pride. Right. Well, I'm, I'm what you call bi-coastal. I'm in Washington State when right. I can be, and I'm from Washington State, and I'm in Washington, D.C., unfortunately, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> what does it take to put a conference together like this? Oh, it is over a year of yeah, planning. Yeah, so yeah. it takes not only deciding on the site and doing all the site visits and working with the hotel, then it really takes working with your home team, which is your yeah. staff, and then we have a team here in uh, Washington State, so the Chemical Dependency Professionals of Washington State, which is our affiliate. Yeah. is our uh, host committee, and they have worked all year round, and they are amazing people. When I came into this field back in uh, 1976, uh, you were two years old, NADAC. (laughs) And uh, and at that time, really, the the two big organizations were NCA. There have been so many changes, obviously, over the 40 years, the ups and the downs, the peaks and the valleys and, and all of that. What have been some of the big changes that you've seen that you can highlight? So I think one of the hallmarks of our profession was to to actually get it on the books as a profession. Yeah. So it was really NADAC's push and the early executive director and president of NADAC pushing the federal government to fund a competency or to fund what what are the competencies does it take to do this work? Yeah. And and that was that was monumental. So what came out of that was the Birch and Davis. And that really defined who we are, what we do, what is this new profession? Is it a new profession? And I think after forty years we can say it is a profession. We're not a field of people or a field of dreams. We're a right. profession of people who have very clear competencies and skills attitudes about working with people, that's what defines us differently. You know, Neil, people say, well, and I have my degree in social work and I also have my certificate in addiction studies. And people say, well, if I have a social work degree or a mental health degree or a a medical degree or a psychiatry degree, can I do this work? And I say, absolutely. Just get your addiction training and certificate education and you can do this work. But if you don't understand it, number one, 
And number two, if you don't have an attitude that I love these people, yeah. these are my people, these are me, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. then, it, you know, you can have the skill and competency. You can pass the test. But if you don't carry that inner self, yeah. it, you know what? Clients smell it. Yeah, they yeah. feel it. And I'm a person in recovery. I'm also a family member in recovery. And I know a plastic person the minute they're next to me. <laughs> I know someone who's just, as soon as they're next to me, and it's like, please don't, please don't treat our people yeah. like that. Please yeah, don't do yeah. that because our people are my people. And there have been so many changes. Obviously, uh, you know, years ago when I, when I first came into the field, it was if you were in recovery, it was almost good enough to be a counselor. Right. And, and, and now you have to have the education, and that's good, that's solid. And a lot of people have gone on to do that. What advice do you have for someone new in recovery who wants to be in this field? Well, I'd have them start out actually volunteering. Hmm. I'd have them start volunteering to because... Sometimes we think we want to be in this field until we see what it really is right, like. Right. So if you volunteer somewhere, and even it um, doesn't matter what the volunteer work, if it's driving a, a car or a van, taking people to treatment, helping with group support, paperwork, administrative work, whatever it is, what's important is that you get the feel of it. And then you decide, is this what I want to do? Do I feel comfortable enough to now go get my education? And then start taking some classes. Do you believe that this is a biopsychosocial spiritual disease? Because you may believe that it's a psychological disease, or you may believe it's a bio disease, but you're not into, let's say, the social part of it or the spiritual part of it. My belief is that all of us have something in our spirit, and it's not religion. It is a spiritual piece of ourselves, and if we can't get in touch with that spiritual piece, it's going to be much less effective in dealing with the clients that we serve. They notice that. Father Martin said that yeah. like in the 70s. Yeah, he said, yeah. if they're looking for that spark in you, if you don't have it, if yeah. you don't, and part of that spark is the spark of hope. So if you don't carry that, yeah. they're going to see it, and they're not going to carry it. And I think you got to have all of that. So I would say yes. Go do some volunteer work, start taking some classes, see if you like what you're learning, and if you feel then that you want to continue, go get your education. I was a weirdo. I was one of those people who were in recovery at 15 and a half, pushed my way to get into college because I was a foster child, got my college degree in social work and then in um, addiction studies, and then got in the field. There were very few of us back in the, and mm. I, I celebrate my 40th year this year in the field as a college intern. Wow. So I started 40 years ago yeah. as a college intern. And when I first came in, and, and I've lived around addiction all my life, I started asking myself, do I really understand this disease? I thought I did. I'm in recovery. I have a family. But you know what? You don't really get the full meal deal until about three to five years in. Yeah, yeah. You know, it takes about three to five right. years. And then you're like... Wow, yeah. man, I really understand this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I look back at all of the, you know, the people along the way. And, of course, a guy who was a mentor of mine and of yours, Mel Schulstad, oh, yeah. back to the early days. And and uh, people like Tom Claunch. And, mm. uh, it's amazing. All Frank Lesnow. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Going forward now, after 40 years, what are some of the big challenges that you see, Cynthia? Well, the, still, and, and what you said, what, what happened then, how has it changed now? This is one thing that hasn't changed changed and that is we still have to instead of defining that we are addiction professionals now we have to fight to keep that body of knowledge as a separate skill set yeah we're still that, that that's a challenge 
And the other challenge is is allowing ourselves to work in integrated systems. Mm. Working in integrated systems doesn't mean that we have to be a mental health professional and a physician or a nurse. And it means that we bring all of our skill sets together and work as a multidisciplinary team. And as soon as the, the money can follow that, that they understand it's working as a team, you can, you can bring that money to the table and you can have family counseling and you can have addictive disorder, mental health counseling, you can have physical health and physical wellness management. That doesn't mean that you, you try to blend out the specialty in each of them. And you know, I say this, Neil, if you had a heart problem, would you go to a general practitioner? Absolutely. Not in your life. No, you would yeah, go to yeah, a heart yeah. specialist. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. And and that's that's I think that's the challenge is to really help people see that. And I to, use that same analogy in terms yeah. of fundraising for nonprofits in this field. You know, people in recovery I believe, have a responsibility to support the disease from which they're recovering. If they had cancer, they'd support the Cancer Society. If they had heart disease, the Heart Association. Well, damn it, if you're in recovery, support something in the recovery field. Exactly. exactly. Show your gratitude. Show your gratitude, and more importantly, reach out to other people yes. who don't have it yet. Yes. How many people are still suffering and family members that are still suffering? Yeah. We need to move away from the discrimination and the stigma of this disease and understand it is a brain disease. Yeah. People don't choose it. Yeah. I didn't choose it, it chose me. And now the science shows that most people become addicted because of the biology. Yes, it, absolutely. It's inherited. So you don't you don't rank on somebody in a negative way because they inherit um, diabetes or because they inherit high blood pressure. No, you serve them, you get them the services they need, and you support them to have lifelong recovery of their illness. That's what we need to do. Lifelong recovery. Yeah. And it is a brain disease, and we need to rein in our brain, which reminds <laughs> me of a book that is by Cynthia Moreno Tui, A Rain in Your Brain. And of course, I still, I still love romancing the brain, but that's just me. I could be wrong. I, I love that that too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. rein in your brain from impulsivity yes, to thoughtful yes. living. You know, the thing is, is that in our addiction, and it doesn't have to be alcohol and drug addiction, all of us grow up in a limbic society where yeah. we, we're living in the fight or flight. And when we learn how to live in our frontal cortex and we learn how to actually take our brain back, yeah. then we can live with yeah. thoughtfulness and mindfulness and love. The bottom thing, I believe, is that we all want to be connected. Yeah. It's all about being connected. And I lived in over 40 homes growing up. I looked for connection. And then I was afraid of it when I found it because I didn't know then what do you do? How do you do it right? Or mm. not right, but how do you do it well? How do you stay healthy? So this book is really about trauma recovery and addiction recovery and recovery from many things in life. Most importantly, it has some of the brain science, enough of the brain science to help you understand how to move your neurotransmitters from your fight or flight limbic system to your frontal cortex. And then how do you share that with other people? Can you imagine raising a family in a non-impulsive way where your kids actually sit down at the age of 8, 9, 10, 11, through their teenagehood and have real conversations about life versus I don't want to. Yeah. Don't yeah. make me. I'm going to go be with my friends. So the the science now is helping us to learn how to do treatment better, how to do recovery better, how <laughs> to do systems of care better. And so yeah. 
And that's also the cool thing about this conference is that you have over 50 trainings on all kinds of research-based, evidence-based, clinical-based absolutely um, methodologies, things that work. And then you got your federal people and you got your national speakers, and then you just got people who will love on you. Right. It's a perfect conference. And they're conference. All, all networking together. Yes, yeah, and we all great. and yeah. we all care. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I want to tell people to go to Amazon.com, rain in your uh -huh. brain, and get a copy of that book. Where's the next conference going to be? It's going to be in Washington, D.C. Ah, okay. So every five years, we go mm -hmm. to Washington, D.C. so that we can do advocacy on the Hill as well as do our conference. Well, when you hit Washington, you take it over. That's right. We're going to take it over. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, everybody out there needs to be a part of that in some way. Yes. So yes. if they can't be there, you can be there. We have an app. We'll have an app again next year. This is our first year doing an app. It's very cool. Oh, yeah. You can get on it and see what we've been doing. You can, we'll have an app for our 41st. So if you can't come, be there in some way, be there in spirit, and continue to connect with NADAC. We have a great website, all kinds of information. Yeah. We have free webinars on all kinds of evidence-based information. You don't have to be a member at this point to get to listen to the but webinars. But you should be a member. And you want to be. <laughs> and you want to be. And you want to be. There's no should or would, yeah, right? Yeah, it yeah, is yeah. you want to be a member. You're in it to win it. Yeah, and that is yeah. to win this recovery yeah. for individuals, for families, and for communities. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. Yeah. Cynthia Moreno, too, is joining us tonight uh, on, on Recovery Coast to Coast. She is the director of NADAC. This is the 40th annual NADAC conference. And, again, congratulations. I've talked to so many people here. I've asked them about the conference, and they have all said it has exceeded my expectations. I love that. So be proud. <laughs> I am proud, and I'm more than that. I'm grateful. Thank, Thank you, Thank you so Neil. much. I'm Neil Scott, the program Recovery Coast to Coast. Short time out. We will be right back. Our program brought to you in part by Residence 12 for Women in Kirkland, Washington, where recovery becomes reality. Listening to Recovery Coast to Coast, a program feature of the Nonprofit Alliance for Recovery. Recovery Coast to Coast is heard nightly from 10 p.m. till midnight Pacific Time, Monday through Friday, from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on Fox Radio 850 KHHO in Tacoma, Washington, and heard nationally in streaming audio. For information about future programs, please visit www.recoverycoasttocoast.org, where you can listen to, download, or podcast our last five shows, as well as find information on upcoming programs. Please join us next time when we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. The bright side of addiction is recovery.